Welcome to Ticket to Gamehenge, the podcast that discusses the science behind how to get your friends and family to love our favorite band, Fish, as well as other fish-related topics from the community. You can grab a free chapter of the book at TicketToGameHenge.com. My name is Adam, and joining me as always is my good buddy, Dr. K. All right, there we go. Love it. Let's kick it off with some laughter. Uh, welcome to another episode of Ticket to Gamehenge. Um, lots, lots to talk about today. There's a lot going on. We're late November, and uh, you know, anniversaries happening uh, with fall with fall tours. Uh, we talked a lot about eleven seventeen ninety seven last week. I'm listening to. I'm in the middle of eleven twenty nine oh nine. Uh, which is which is almost anniversary now. We've got some Beacon Jams to talk about, fans in the wild. Um, yeah, first, I guess, I, what's that? Is it fans in the wild. I know it's like a separate species of human, right? Like fish fans are not homo sapiens. What are we? I, I don't know what. You try to think of a name. Maybe by the end of this episode, we'll have a good... Um, uh, genealogical name for uh, fish fans. Um, so you put out an email today. So you've been you've been you've been trying to start a band, right? You obviously played the guitar. You've been playing for most of your life, I guess you could say. You were what, eleven or twelve when you started? I uh, I was in grade seven or eight. So what are you? Thirteen, twelve, thirteen, eleven, something like yeah. that. You know what's funny? You're obviously a Canadian because Canadians say grade seven, grade eight. Americans will say seventh grade, eighth grade. Sounds much more classy. You know what else? You know what else? Americans say that we say differently when we we say write an exam. Uh huh. They say take an exam. Huh. When I was finishing up chiropractic school in the states, I'm like, oh, we're gonna write our exam. Everyone made fun of me. Oh, what are you writing the questions? I'm like, well, what do you idiots say then? They're like, take an exam. I'm like, where are you taking it? The bathroom. <laughs> yeah, that, that was our conversation. And those are the only differences between Canadian and American English. Of just course. those two examples. <laughs> That's it. We don't say anything differently at all. Um, but yeah, fans <laughs> in the wild. Uh, yeah, it, there's a, there's an exciting feeling. Like we talked about last week how uh, we're almost part of this weird little cult, click, club, fraternity, whatever you want to call it. And in our everyday lives, uh, most fans, at least that I know, I mean, I don't know many fans, I guess, when I think about it, but we're kind of isolated. So when I see one in the wild, the odd time I see somebody wearing a fish shirt, it's like, holy shit. Like, I, I just saw a celebrity, you know? I had a guy, probably, I think the last time I saw somebody wearing something that I could identify as a fish fan was probably about two years ago. I was in a store, I work in a store, and this customer walked around and was wearing a fish shirt. What's that? Secret agent, come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's totally it. Yeah, I put up with all this stuff with running a store. That's an alibi. Don't let him. Yeah. So I see this guy wearing a fish shirt, and it's an it's an instant connection, right? Like it's it's there's an instant. You almost feel like you kind of know that person. Um, and we got talking, and within about five five minutes, just sharing all kinds of things. It was and it was it was pretty awesome. So you've been putting together a band or trying to put together a band. Um, and evidently drummers are tough to come by. I always thought that bass players were tough to come by because everybody wants to play the guitar. Uh, so it was always tough to find a bassist, but um, I, I'm guessing drummers are the same. So what exactly happened there? You made a discovery. So a couple of things, just based on your story, the one thing that is super disappointing with fans in the wild, I remember we were, uh, we were vacationing in Florida uh, last year and I was, at I was at Walmart buying groceries, right? To mm -hmm. take home. 
and I saw this guy and he totally looked like a Grateful Dead fan. Like he had like the shirt and everything. And it was like, it said like, you know, Grateful Dead like 1983 on it. Mm. And I'm like, oh, shit. I'm like, oh dude, I'm like, did you go? You know what? I'm trying to talk to him about his shirt. He's like, oh no. He's like, it's just the shirt. I'm yep. like, son of a guy. So it was just a bum at Walmart, yep. not a Grateful Dead. <laughs> so like you get all hyped up, right? You're, you know, you're yeah. going sh- to shoot the shit. You know, oh my God, this guy's wearing a fish shirt. No, it's just a bum. I get that a lot with sports teams. Like, also, like I'm a New York Giants fan, as you know. And uh, yeah. uh, by the way, they didn't play the Bengals this past years. week. They got it coming up. Yeah. So the Gi- Giants and Bengals are this Sunday. I thought it was this past, but Giants had a bye. So they're playing this coming Sunday. So we still have time to make our side bet. But anyway, I'll see somebody wearing a Giants shirt or a hat. And I'm like, hey, man. And he goes, oh, yeah, I got this in a beer case. I get that all the time too. And it's sort of a letdown because you feel like you're going to connect with somebody and they just shrug you off like you're some other jerk off, which I guess we are. But so anyway, back to the drummer. Yeah. So I have a, I have this vision. I'm going to play in a band. Like part of, you know, like part of my life is going to involve around like playing live music and recording music and you awesome. know, be, being a musician. Right. So I'm like, okay, got a bass player, my buddy, Anthony, um, you know, I he's pretty much like I grew up with Anthony. So Anthony's good. We're in. We're tight. And then uh, we're getting together. We're playing some songs. I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to, you know, I called Long and McQuaid. I don't know if people listening Long and McQuaid is a music store. It's a chain in Canada of music stores. And I'm like, okay, you know, I have a such and such that I'm looking for a drummer. And he's like, okay, he goes, just go on Facebook and go in. There's a London musicians group. You can post like an ad in there. And there's a London mm-hmm. drummers group. You can post an ad in there. Super helpful, right? I post this cool. ad. And uh, to say that a, a colorful cast of characters responded is an understatement. So, which is a whole podcast in, in, in and of itself. And uh, so I'm trying to weave through the people, right? And this one guy's like, hey, you know, like he was an honest dad. I'm like, hey, we're intermediate musicians, you know, just looking to get together. Like my criteria is really simple. Number one, uh, you need to show up. Number two, you need to actually work at it. So I don't care how talented or good you are. If we practice for long enough and hard enough, we're going to get the skills we need to be able to do this, right? And that you're consistent. That's what I'm looking for. Okay, great. So this guy yep. responds. Like, yeah, yeah, you cool. want to show progress, right? You want to be able to move forward and not just be doing that's it. it. Yeah, got it. That's, yep. it. that's my theory, right? And we talk about it every, we talk about it every time we talk about um, every time we talk about recording music. You know, I always say it's the same thing, man. You just need the hours. So same thing with practice. Anyway, so this guy, this guy replies, he's like, yeah, you know, hey, I'm 42. He's like, I'd like to, you know, I've, I've been playing for a long time. I'm like, perfect, man, come out on Sunday, shows up, super normal guy. He showed up on time. He's got his drum kit. We're getting along, we're setting up. I'm like, hey man, what are you into? He's like, oh, you know, fish in the dead. I'm like, oh, buddy. <laughs> Serendipity, wow. Yeah, buddy, and then, and then, and I left this out of the email. He's like, look, he goes like this. He shows me his forearm mm-hmm. and has, the outline of a languedoc guitar oh wow dude on his forearm i'm like mm. respect there you go respect there you go now it's, you know and then i looked at anthony i'm like well i hate to break it to you buddy but uh i guess you're gonna be a fish and a dead fan pretty soon <laughs> yeah now so is that so is that the band just For the three of you we so, need a so keyboard player because I'm trying my best to sing. It is far mm-hmm. from free. But gotcha. whatever, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I guess it's too early for a band name. Oh, fuck. Who knows about anything about that? Okay. got to make sure the drummer keeps showing up first or back yeah, to yeah. school. Well, that's exciting. Let's keep checking in on that. I'm curious to see where you guys go and uh, what it becomes. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, 
When's the best time to plant a tree? 200 years ago. When's the second best time to plant a tree? Today. Just say, Ari yep. Gold. <laughs> <laughs> oh, too funny. You know, it's funny that you just sort of mentioned the hours, put in the hours. Um, uh, so you sent me a link about uh, uh, a, a YouTube channel that I'd never seen before from a musician named Is he? Is your producer? Okay. Okay. Yeah. I haven't really done any research into Rick Beato. He's got nearly 2 million subscribers. So it's definitely not like uh, unknown. Um, and uh, he does a lot of things on there. Just looking at his channel. One of the things that I'm going to take a look at was um, he put in 10,000 hours of guitar uh, and documented it on his, on his channel. He's already a proficient player evidently. Uh, so I'm really curious to see what like fine, fine practice for somebody at that level uh, does. But the reason I was watching this because on episode 98 of his, I think it's called what makes this song great. Um, he did, he did, he did waste uh, with fish, but it was specifically the video that got uh, put out before one of the beacon jams a little while ago, Trey and Paige playing at the barn. Um, and I really, really enjoyed it. It was sort of interesting because you sent me the link. A couple days later, it showed up on Reddit, and I was looking at all the comments in Reddit. And you know how you can upvote or downvote somebody? Somebody put a comment in. Uh, I wish I wish he didn't pick such a gay song or something like that. And you can see people smashing the downvote button, like just when I saw it. It's like negative 40, negative 45. I was like, this is, this is great. Um, but it also reminds me, I know we're going to talk about Beacon Jams, but like, I, I finally figured out the first week, I didn't know how to get rid of the comments uh, while watching the jams. Now I know how to get rid of it, but I've chosen for the most part to watch it with the comments on because it's added a whole set of entertainment that I otherwise wouldn't have gotten. And the hate that comes out for ballads specifically, anytime like this past week uh, when, when Petrichor started, uh, people were putting up Petra board. Um, <laughs> when, when Farmhouse played, I think it was last week or maybe the the week before, bathroom break comments. Anytime those types of songs start to play, again, I'm going to come back to Time Turns Elastic, which I'm really kind of hoping on for this week with the last one, which I doubt it's going to play. But just the hate that exists. I find it funny, but I also find it funny, the strong reactions of fans be like, fuck you. It's awesome. I love that too. So you, uh, it's it, I have two thoughts. Number one. It's hilarious that like fans, when we meet in public, it's like, oh, but like online, it's, it's the WWE <laughs> man. You're That's dead right. if you disagree with me, uh, which is yeah. awesome. Super cutthroat. Uh, yeah. And number two, I don't, I don't know if you have serious radio, but uh, the fish serious radio takes legit abuse mm. in, mm -hmm. uh, in the, in the fish Reddit, particularly the John Fishman show, The Errant Path. Right. I talked about it before because he just plays whatever he wants, right? Right, so right. Logic being, yeah, I mean, logic being, if you like that band, you're probably going to like some of the influences that that made Fish. Clearly, yeah, clearly not the case. I like it because I want to listen to new music, right? I want to, yeah. I want to discover other stuff. Oh my God, man, people hate it. I'm like, it's just interesting. And it's ironic to me that, you know, you go to fish shows and now, you know, you listen to bands like the talking heads and, uh -huh. Uh -huh. you know, and all these other bands that they've covered. And <laughs> I don't know, man, this is funny. Like now they're actually like sharing their influences with you and yeah. like, you're pissed about it. 
Well, it's pretty ironic too, because as we've talked about many times, the most essential thing to for somebody becoming a fish fan is that they need to love music. I think so. I think right? So. And and you gotta think if somebody loves this band as millions of people do, they're they're very eclectic, you know, there's all kinds of different sounds. So I would think it would develop an appreciation and an open mindedness towards other stuff. So it is it is kind of funny that there is a lot of hate when it's it's something different that's being played. Well, of course there's of course there's guys like me who would go on there and just post stupid shit just to get a response and a reaction, right? Like Yeah, I, you gotta poke the bear. When I hear someone write in a fish group that the song waste is and and pardon the you know the language is gay. Right. Um what do you even like this band? Yeah. Like it's yeah. that it's not your favorite song, but to say something so stupid, like when you hear something that's stupid, you're just like, what? Right. But then I wonder too, um, if watching that video about why that song is so great and he breaks it down on a more fundamental level, the notes that are chosen. And again, every time I see one of those videos, I have a deeply found appreciation for the knowledge and the theory that goes into it and how it, it is somewhat, um, no, I don't want to say basic. It just makes sense. Like when somebody explains it in that way, you're like, oh, okay. I wonder if watching it would then help somebody's impression of that song. I mean, I already love that song. It was one of the early ones. I can I can remember you and I recording a version of Waste in your in your basement way back in high school. Yeah. Yeah. We, we did that. We did uh, Limb by Limb, which was another one that we that we laid down. You had like a little four, like a four track recorder type thing, right? And uh, yeah, so I've all I've always loved that song. It's it's um it's actually one that uh, was covered by Dave on the Sharing in the Groove Fish tribute album that came out. And I want to say two thousand three, uh, two thousand two or two thousand three. What's that? During the hiatus, right? Yeah, yeah. I think it came. Actually, it might have been two thousand one. I think it was 2001, um, but Dave, but Dave Matthews covered covered waste and did it uh, probably 15, 20 shows that year. Um, so yeah, great, great, great song. But uh, yeah, I just really, really like how he can break it down and talk about the harmonies that go in between the two, the tuning that was different from the album version versus um, the version that was on uh, that video from, from the barn. And then even for him to kind of talk about working with Trey for, for about six months and what he got to see and the work ethic and just j- just his warm-up exercises and what he's doing with loops and just creating all these percussions. And it's, um, yeah, I almost wanted to kind of teleport and be able to be him for those six months and kind of watch that all all unfold. Interesting, yeah. uh, interesting side note. I'm, uh, I'm listening. I think I talked about this. Last. I, honest to God, I cannot remember what happened like two minutes ago. If anyone ever has like a secret to, to tell me, they can tell me because I'll forget. So I'm reading a book <laughs> by uh, just on practice and, and, and how to be the, you know, how to be the best at whatever it is you choose to do. He talks about, um, talks about Anders Ericsson and the 10,000 hour rule. Yep. Right. And then he talks about, you know, compares a country like brazil you know in terms of like football or soccer or however you want to call it you know he's like why are they the best mm-hmm. and he's like it's woven in their culture so much that by the time the average soccer player uh who's brazilian reaches 21 if they've pursued soccer they're already at like fourteen thousand hours mm-hmm. but the time under tension is what's important too it's not like just 14,000 hours of nothing, right? right? The way they do it there is, you know, like you have to play against the older kids. So you're always striving and you're always in a hostile environment 
to pursue excellence because if you don't, and if you don't figure out how to do it, you'll never touch the ball or you'll never see the field, right? So right. then you hear people Trey, you know, from Rick Beato being like the guy's work ethic, is, work ethic is unparalleled. He'll create these loops and he would just play along for hours, you know, like, yep. mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's not a mystery. The only mystery to me is how Trey Anastasio isn't like more widely regarded as, you know, one of the all-time all-time great players ever players and writers i mean when you when you hear those songs and those melodies uh, you know i keep coming back to uh and it's sort of a hidden one for me i keep coming back to squirming squirming coil um yeah there's when when that when that guitar solo melody kicks in i'm just like fuck i can't believe somebody wrote this it's just and that's just one it's one song squirming coil is my favorite this is probably a question for Reddit, but my favorite set one ender by far. Mm. I love the band is, band fades away and it's just Paige and he's like, thanks yes. everybody with his like really kind voice. Yeah. Well, my first show, uh, the show I did was Screaming Coil, as a matter of fact. That's, uh, yeah. And we talked about Paige. Just love that. Um, but yeah. So if anybody hasn't checked that out, Rick Beato is what makes the song great was episode 98 on Waste. Definitely check it out. It's only 13, 14 minutes, but really, really enjoyed that. Um, last week when we were wrapping up, you told me to go back and listen to 11, 17, 97, if memory serves, because your wife, Rochelle, had listened to it and was talking about how awesome that was. Uh, first set, five song set. Love it. Um, uh, probably, arguably one of the best sets. Definitely one of the best first sets they've probably ever played. You think so? Mm, if somebody wow. would tell me that, if somebody were to be like, "Hey, you know, Denver, Colorado from nineteen seven or from ninety seven is is my favorite set and one of the best sets," I'd be like, "Yeah, man, I can't disagree with you." Yeah, prove me wrong, right? Can't really do it. Um, really, really great. Uh, I wanted to bring up yesterday. Uh, I'm at. I'm winding down two thousand nine. I think I have about about to come up on the Madison Square Garden run for four days, which I think was the second, third, fourth, fifth, or third, something like that. And then they did American West Airlines Arena in Florida for New Year's. Uh, but I listened to 11.28.09, uh, mostly yesterday. Second set, I started on my on my way home. And it, I, I want to kind of talk about a couple songs. The, the second set opens with a 20, nearly 25 minutes, seven, seven below. And um it's just you know leaving leaving work and listening to it and listening to it get going really really great jam i just got thinking about like this is just one of those songs that on an album is just plucked in there it's not necessarily a crowd favorite it's not one that you'll see in a top 15 or top 20 list but it delivers it's just like just listening to that song and i know they did their first new year's uh in terms of their comeback in 2002 that was the big new year's new year's song um But just listening to it in a really, really good groove and really, really appreciating it. And then it goes into a 24-minute ghost. My drive on, if I get no traffic, is about 50 minutes. 47 of those 50 minutes yesterday were two songs. And it was just like, fuck, yeah. So then, of course, I get home and I go on a fishnet and I'm looking up Seven Below. And that, that's essentially the quintessential version of that song. And uh, most people maintain that for 2009, it was the jamming highlight of the year were those two songs back to back. And it was sort of interesting for me because, again, this is 11 years ago. It, it's come and gone. But as I mentioned to you weeks ago, I'm trying to slow down my listening, trying to absorb a little bit more, trying to get back to, I guess, what fans that have been actively listening for 20, 30 years have been doing, taking it 
at, at the pace that it would naturally come. And for the first time, I really kind of sat and really thought about the show and looked it up. And it sort of confirmed my feelings of it, that other people had felt the same way, that it was one of the best shows of 2009. So, um, but it, last week, similar to Seven Below, um, I think it was, it might have been 1127, uh, where It's Ice came on. And it was another one of those songs was like, ah, this is so, so good. And it's one that I had never really actively thought of the lyrics before. And when I read what those lyrics were about, <laughs> mind blown. Do you know what that song's about? Like, like what the visual for, for that song is? No, tell me. It's about a guy who's on a frozen pond, who's, on, who's actually like on a frozen pond skating. And when he looks down, he sees the reflection of himself, but it's not himself. It's himself, but in like another dimension. And as he's skating around and he's looking at this almost parallel universe through the ice, he's reflecting on everything that's going on with them. Like that whole album riff is really about like a major, a major breakup. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, it was just, it, again, just one of those songs that what I love about Fish, one of the many things is you can listen to a show and those songs will just keep coming. You know, there's a feeling I get when I hear songs like Carini and when I hear, you know, Fluffhead and Harry Hood and those and those ones, right? Yes, but then those ones you just go, fuck, yeah, this is good. So really, really enjoyed listening to those over the last little while and just yeah. makes the listening that much better. Just based on that, I'm going back. Rochelle wanted to watch Bittersweet Motel. She's like, let's go back. So it's interesting, right? Because like, you know, Todd Phillips is being kind of a dick and he's trying to like set Trey up. You know, mm -hmm. he's like giving him really bad reviews and that, you know, and Trey mm -hmm. reads that. This is the part that I found really interesting. He reads that bad review, you know, urinating in there in, in uh, the fans' ears. And he's like, I think there's a lot of truth to that. And then Todd Phillips, and then Todd Phillips tries the, oh, the lyrics are quirky or whatever he says about the lyrics. And he's like, nah, I disagree. He's like, I think he goes, yeah. he's like, I think Tom's a genius. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And he is. He is. Uh, some of my some of my favorite podcasts to listen to are on his Under the Scales when he does the deep dives on the songs, and he has guests and friends on, and he knows what he wrote about. He knows, and he's also the first to admit that other songs they just take on a life of their own. He's like, "Don't ask me what it means. I just work here." It's almost like that type of an approach. Nice. And um, he doesn't like feed you his answers. He lets you do it. Right. I think that's great. Yeah. Um, yeah, but to, you know, to hear them kind of get into that. So what do you think this is about? Oh, that's interesting. Hmm, I guess it is kind of about that. I never really know, knew. Uh, like, what is it? Is it um, not Pebbles and Marbles? Maybe it's Pebbles and Marbles. There was a song that was written in 2.0 that wasn't in Tom's mind intended to be anything about 9-11, but it is about 9-11. Walls of the Axe, Walls of the Cave, yeah. It says he wrote that for his son, but it ultimately ended up kind of becoming, and Trey always played it thinking it was about 9-11, and then Tom was like, huh, it is? I guess so. Those kinds of things, right? It's great that it can take on a life of its own, and it can mean something to different people. I love it. You know? Yeah. Fantastic. Um, dinner and a movie. If we're talking about 97, um, <laughs> yeah, you... Uh, yeah, that was a nice message to get from you yesterday. I hadn't uh, checked in on my phone in a little while, and you texted me that uh, uh, dinner movie is going to be eleven twenty two ninety seven, um, which I know I've listened to, but I don't know the set well. Uh, but I'm super, super excited to watch that on Saturday night. Uh, how well, how well do you know that show? You know it well. Um, I know that when I start to hear it, I'll be like, oh yes. Like I'm kind of glad that that I forget things, mm, mm. right? Because yep. I think. 
you know, and, and here's the thing, man, I don't know how people listen. Like, I don't know if like the way that we listen to sets is unique. And I don't know if it's worth talking about or if it's just the way that everyone listens to them. Like in what sense? Like, how do you listen? What do you mean? So, I mean, just going in cold. <clears throat> oh, I see. Not knowing, not, uh, yeah, like, 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 oh, yeah, this is playing instead of knowing that whatever yeah. is coming next. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I wonder. That might be a good thing to sort of put out there in a poll. Like, when you listen to Live Fish, do you go in blind or do you like yeah. knowing the set? And obviously, I think it's going to depend on um, if it's a show you've been to or you know is one of your favorites, you're going to know. Just like before Live Fish, you know, was available, how many times did you listen to Slip, Stitch, and Pass? Or how many yeah. times did you listen to a live one, right? But uh, yeah, that's that's my favorite thing. Like when I go to download it offline, I literally cover up most of the screen <laughs> with my hand. So like no spoilers, no spoilers. And I literally look away while it's, look away, look away uh, while it's uh, downloading. Because yeah, the element of surprise is one of is one of the best things about it. You know, it's that they, holy shit, I can't believe they pulled that out of nowhere. You know, those types of moments, they're the best. Um, yeah, so I'm really, really excited. I will, I will be home. I will be sitting pretty much right here watching it. Really excited. Uh, are you going to be able to watch it live or on delay? Not sure. Not sure. Okay. Probably, probably delay a little bit, but whatever. Okay. Yeah, I typically delay a little bit because um, then I can kind of skip through the set break too, right? It's nice on the YouTube that you can start on delay. You can pause it. It's, it's, I like that. And they keep it up now longer, which is great. Like the Halloween one, I think, is still up, right? Is it? I, I haven't even that. gone back to look. I just assumed it was down. I watched it when it happened, and that was that. No, they kept they they keep it up for like at least a couple of weeks, I think. Shit, that's awesome. Yeah. So good. So yeah, I guess I have. Uh, I didn't have plans Saturday night, but I do now. Got a date with fish. Oh, uh, American Thanksgiving too. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. It's a very festive time of the year. Hopefully, everybody uh, is safe, um, which they're not going to be <laughs> because. Nope, it's just not the way of the world at the moment. Um, and we only have one more night of Beacon Jams, right? We're at, we've done seven of the eight Beacon shows. Uh, yeah, it's been really, really good. You called it last week, by the way. Remember when we were wrapping up? They said, you know, what do you think? Harry Hood was what you said. And then as soon as we started, I was like, yep. Well, something interesting. Um, I was listening to Trey on, on Sirius Radio and he was talking about uh, dinner and a movie and how successful monetarily it's been for the charities and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. uh, which is why I think they launched, again, I'm assuming here, so if I'm incorrect, please forgive me, uh, which is why I think they're doing the Beacon Jams to help support the Divided Sky Foundation. Yep. So I don't know, man. I just want to kind of give a shout out and a big thank you to everyone who keeps donating money because we're, I think we're kind of keeping this whole thing rolling, you know, like I think it means a lot. So I think the more that yeah. we do it, the more chances are that we're going to see more of the boys and, and more performances. Yeah. And it kind of reminds me of something that we've talked about that people don't buy what you do. They buy why you do it. And, you know, um, I don't know about you, but because you're not watching the Beacon Gems because you're typically busy with your kids and stuff. But I know that when I log on, it tells you how many people are viewing, right? And in the yeah. first couple of weeks, on average, you'd see 20 to 25,000 people, which, hey, I mean, that's <laughs> if we had that audience, could you imagine? In the past couple of weeks, you're starting to hit 35 to 40,000 people. There's definitely a bit of a snowball effect that I think is um, gaining 
gaining some momentum for it. And coming back to it too, the genuine appreciation that you see from Trey in the chatter and the comments in between and just, you know, somebody's donating, donating 40 bucks and he's like incredibly thankful that they can spare that 40 bucks. It means a lot to him, clearly. Um, clearly. And, and yeah, I really hope it lends to other ideas for next year because let's be real. Uh, well, I don't think we're any, we're further away from having real live shows again than we are closer to having live shows. And um yeah, I'm really hoping that turns into something in the new year or whatever. I mean, clearly the, clearly the technology is there to do it, to be able to stream it in 4K, the sound quality that they have. It's like, it's unbelievable. Yeah, awesome. yeah, you, yeah you, you wonder how many other innovations there's going to be in live, in live music during, during this time. I was going to say, I was going to say, how many live music innovations can we thank Fish for? Oh, like, yeah. like in our lives. Yeah, so you know what's funny is, um, and I'm, I'm sure, I don't know about you, but I'm sure you've done a little bit of this. Um, in my store, I've had a lot of visits lately from vice presidents and that sort of stuff, just due to the fire that we had. And I had a bunch in last, uh, last Wednesday. My boss knows that we do this podcast, but he doesn't know anything about the band. He's just like, wow, you do a podcast? Wow, how do you do that? That must be hard. I'm like, oh, if you only knew how easy it was, just like I thought originally. And anyway, so we were, I had like five, six executives in my store and they're leaving and thanking me for the visit and all that stuff. And my boss brings up the podcast and our vice president goes, oh, what's the podcast about? And I was like, oh, shit, here we go. <laughs> You know, so I said it like I said what it was about this band fish. He goes, Oh, I've never I've never heard of that. And I'm like, really? That's one of the best things about the band. And I just went into this little one minute tirade, not tirade, but um you, you know, at like advocating on why this band is so special. And I, I said they gave birth to music streaming. And he goes, What? And I said, Live Live Fish existed before Spotify, Apple Music anything there wasn't a band that had a platform that you could go on and stream all of their music in 2002 like what technology was in your hands in 2002 you know you weren't carrying around a portable phone you know i i talked with the connections to coachella and bonnaroo uh you know the, the modern day music festival they've got a banner madison square garden because of the baker's dozen and he like i i say these things and he goes why haven't i heard about these guys and I just, I shrugged my shoulder and I said, that's kind of one of the best things about the band. They don't advertise. They don't do music videos. They don't do singles. It's not what they're about. It's about the quality of their work. And he went, I, I'm going to listen to this band. So curious to see if he checks them out. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, he's a Belgian guy, right? He's from Belgium. He's probably has no idea who Fish is or spelled wrong. What are you talking about? But, uh, you know, they could see the people that I was saying that to like, wow, we can see how passionate you are about this band. And I was like, yeah, like it, it gives me a feeling unlike anything else. And so, yeah, but it, you're right. They've like, they've just pioneered so many things and just keep pushing the envelope to do things that are different. Um, even the ones that don't come to fruition, like what they had planned for a curveball. The minefield. The, the minefield. <laughs> Could you imagine? Oh, man. You can take the long way and be safe and not be disturbed by the mines, or you can go right through when you're tripping balls on whatever you're tripping balls on, and mines would come up and spook the shit out of you. I can't even imagine. It would have been funny just to see Fishman drinking with all the mines. Yeah. 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 Oh, my God. So good. Um, yeah, but I mean, yeah, the fact that they keep giving back is just, uh, you know, we, we talked about last week that they care about our experience, the way that Beacon Jams are shot, the way that they're edited. Uh, even like Harry Hood started out with acoustic and the strings 
and then ended with the full band coming in and, and, you know, all that stuff is premeditated and thought through and it, it just, it just provides a really, really great experience. So, um, yeah, awesome. Awesome stuff. Um, I don't really have anything else I'm on my uh, list. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about? Okay, That's it, huh? All right. Any takeaways, anything for uh, me to listen to any discoveries of like, Oh shit, you got to check out this show. Nothing like that. Oh, dude, I, can, I can do that. I can do that on the daily. Gotcha. That's true story. Keep doing what you keep listening the way you're listening. Gotcha. All right. So one more night of Beacon Jams to go. What are you hoping for? Anything on your wish list? I forget There's what a- they, I forget what they played. Um there was a pretty bold call out today uh, on Reddit. Somebody posted that they're calling um, the Beacon Jams to wrap up with an epic first tube as the last song. Which is totally possible, right? That's one that they haven't played that tab typically plays. I think it would be cool if they ended on uh, Day in the Life by the Beatles. Mm. It really, really hasn't been a ton of covers. No, I know. Actually, you know what's funny? I listened to, oh, I'm going to get the date wrong, but I heard the Fish's first uh, version of Golden Age, uh, right, when they busted that cover out for the first time in 2009, in November of 2009. And it's interesting to see how much that song has, has evolved and how much more in tune with the song the fans are, right? The lines and just clap your hands, like silence when he did that. Even the key that they did it in was off. The vocals were very, very different. But you could see, you know, we're going to stick to it and we're going to go. And I think Trey just started, like, if I remember correctly, Trey, Trey just started playing it. And I don't think the rest of the band was ready for it. That was pretty obvious in how it came out. But I was like, yes, that's awesome. Love that. It came out of nowhere. Um, and that is sort of a nice thing to go back in time and uh, listen to things organically develop and build, right? Or early, early versions of songs and them getting stretched out and getting, getting much, much better. So um, that's been really fun. Hopefully by the time we chat next week, maybe I'll be moving on to 2010. Although I have about eight shows to listen to between now and then. So maybe not <laughs> realistically speaking, if I'm going to watch Beacon Jams and dinner in a movie, I don't think we'll have time for that, but either way, I'm excited. A lot of good listening. We got Friday night date, Saturday night date, and then, uh, then the anticipation for end of the year builds. We'll see what predictions come true, and uh, don't worry about that. You what? We'll have a lot of theories. A lot of theories. Yeah, yeah. You want you want them to play to an empty MSG and basically pick up where they left off last year, right? Yeah, that would be really really neat. Um, I want them to announce. Let's be clear. I want them to announce like a classic show, like '95. We're gonna do '95 dinner in a movie. Special announcement. We go to the garden. The boys play a live set and then we yeah, finish yeah. the and then we go back to dinner and then we finish the set. Mm. I wonder what the odds makers would put that one at. Like, like how likely that is to happen. Just as good as anything else. That's true. That's true. The plan is there is no plan. We'll see. But it's yeah, good. either way, lots lot lots to look forward to, lots to listen to. And I'm sure we'll have a lot to chat about next week. Uh, thank you everybody for stopping by and listening. We really, really appreciate it. Smash that like button if you get a chance. <laughs> It's like my new favorite thing. Smash it. All right, man. Have a great, great week. Talk to you then. Thanks, buddy. Okay, bye. Bye. You've been listening to Ticket to Gamehenge. In addition to wherever you find your podcasts, you can find us on Instagram, YouTube, and of course, TicketToGamehenge.com, where you can grab a free chapter of the book, How to Get Your Friends Into Fish. Make sure you subscribe to stay up to date on the latest episodes. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, keep sharing in the groove.